It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the studios of 97.1, the sports animal in Tulsa, Oklahoma, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G., thanking you so much for making us a part of your day. Coming up on this episode of Locked on Thunder, since the last time you and I talked, Patrick Patterson has since been waived and stretched by the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's now a member of the Los Angeles Clippers. We'll talk about Patrick Patterson's time in Oklahoma City, plus we will rank the five worst draft picks and or signings by Sam Presti, and I'll tell you why one of them is not Kyle Singler, and I'll give you my top five. Plus, we'll talk about future lineups for the Oklahoma City Thunder. There are so many different ways Billy Donovan could go, and it all hinges on what Sam Presti wants this team to be in the near future. Tony Allen said he had an opportunity to sign with the Thunder. That never happened, and that's the reason why he played so hard against Oklahoma City. How much would the Thunder have benefited by having a presence like Tony Allen on this team? We'll talk about that. And the Thunder not going to play on Christmas Day. The schedule will soon be released. And we'll talk about that. how that is affecting the psyche of the Oklahoma City fan. My name is Eric G. I'm the co-host of the Pat Jones Show on 97.1, the sports animal in Tulsa. I'm also the editor-in-chief of Thunder Maven, and thank you very much for your patronage to both of those for that radio station and that website. Also, this podcast being brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your French trip. Book your own at Hotels.com. Get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there, do that and get rewarded. Want to start the show off today by thanking you for listening to the Locked on Thunder podcast, especially since we unexpectedly took a week off. I had had some health issues, spent some time in the emergency room last week. That ended up sending me back a while. And when you've got a radio show to produce every day and you've got a couple of websites to take care of, some things get part, get put on the back burner, even though you don't want them to get put on the back burner. So for doctor's appointments and everything else, Locked on Thunder kind of fell through the cracks. But thank you for listening, especially if you've downloaded this episode today. And I think everybody who uh, asked when the next episode was going to be. So here it is. And uh, let's talk about what's going on because Patrick Patterson no longer a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder, waved and stretched by Sam Presti. And in doing so, Patrick Patterson gave up over $3 million to get out of OKC and go play for the Los Angeles Clippers. And he's getting paid just over $2 million to be a part of LAC. So it's a net loss of $1.2 million for Patrick Patterson. But ultimately, Patrick Patterson is good with that. One, it puts him in L.A., And you know he has interest in the film industry. That's really where his heart is or where it's starting to lean and where it has leaned over these last few years. 
So it gets him much closer to that. It gets him an opportunity to play for a team that's going to compete versus play for a team that's rebuilding. And for the Thunder, you're saying, Presti, you have to be relieved that Patrick Patterson was willing to take that. And I keep thinking about what was going through Sam Presti's mind when Patrick Patterson exercised that $5 million option. And I, I, I'm assuming that Sam Presti knew that at some point Patrick Patterson would agree to a buyout with Oklahoma City. I don't think he knew how much Patrick Patterson would be willing to give back to the team, but there had to be a little bit of panic in there. It's like, all right, this guy just took $5 million. He has done jack for us during his time here. Is he willing to give it back? Is he willing to give back a million? Is he willing to give back two million? Is by him giving that up, will that get us under the luxury tax? Can we use that money to actually go out and get somebody who might actually help Paul George and Russell Westbrook? And then the summer developed the way that it did for Oklahoma City. But when I think back on Patrick Patterson's time here in OKC, ultimately I'm just gonna think of it as wasted. Because that's exactly what his time was. Other than doing a few spots where he invited people out to watch movies with him, what ultimately did Patrick Patterson ever give the Thunder or its fans? And that is not much. You brought him in as a 37% free throw shooter. Excuse me, three-point shooter. I don't know why I always get those two confused, but for some reason I do. 37% three-point shooter that steadily declined over his two years in Oklahoma City, and when the Thunder desperately needed somebody to step in and pick up the slack because Carmelo Anthony wasn't himself and because Paul George was the only guy who could hit three-pointers last year, Patterson failed to fill that void. And I don't think think there's any way, shape, or form when you are making out the list of top five worst signings and or draft picks for Sam Presti – that Patrick Patterson isn't on that list. Now, if you want to go back and you want to say, hey, the Carmelo Anthony deal screwed with his mind because Patrick Patterson came in, thought he was going to have an opportunity to start at the four, and then Presti went out and got Carmelo Anthony, well, I don't want to hear that. I really just don't from Patrick Patterson or anyone else. And I can appreciate Patrick Patterson being a professional. But if you let Carmelo Anthony getting signed affect you mentally so much that you couldn't do your job, then you really don't belong in the NBA. And not only can you not help Oklahoma City, but how on earth does anyone at the Clippers honestly think that this guy is going to be able to contribute and help them out when they have championship aspirations this year? I don't think they're really going to get much out of Patrick Patterson, and I see his time in the NBA being very limited and wouldn't be surprised, because. and I'll be honest, I don't know the details of Patrick Patterson's contract. I don't know if it's a one-year deal or if he signed longer than that, but if it's a one-year deal, I wouldn't be surprised to see Patrick Patterson not last the entire year with the Los Angeles Clippers. And going back to that point of talking about the five worst players that Sam Presti has ever signed, I know what you're thinking. I know you're thinking Kyle Singler is that guy. Kyle Singler is undoubtedly the worst signing Sam Presti ever had. Maybe you're not, but a lot of people do, and that is the low-hanging fruit. It's easy to pick on Kyle Singler, another white guy from Duke that just didn't pan out, that came in with a lot of hype and ultimately never delivered. But in Oklahoma City, 
Not the worst signing, not the worst signing by far. So here are your five worst signings in Oklahoma City history when it comes to Sam Presti. I'm also including some draft picks in these. Number five goes to the guy that we just have been talking about, and that is Patrick Patterson. Again, 37% three-point shooter. It dropped during his time in Oklahoma City. Came in hoping to be the starting four. Lost his job to Carmelo Anthony, never really recovered from that. Lost his job to Jeremy Grant the next year and ultimately did not do any of the things that the Thunder signed him to do. He's a guy that took up space, seemed to handle it very well, did get replaced by Markeith Morris midseason at one point. So not only did he go from losing a starting job to Carmelo Anthony and Jeremy Grant, but he went to losing his backup job from Markeith Morris, so he's number five on my list. Number four, that's Perry Jones III, and Perry Jones III was drafted by Oklahoma City, not signed as a free agent, was a first-round pick, number 28 overall, came out of Baylor. Again, another guy that was supposed to be athletic, another guy that had played in a tough conference like the Big 12 that you thought would have easily assimilated to the NBA, especially with the physical style that is played in the Big 12. And through his three years in Oklahoma City, never played a full season where the games um, never averaged over single digits. And in fact, he is with the Big 3 right now looking to get his career back on track. I think, actually, no, that's Josh Eustace that signed with Byron Munich, but Perry Jones, probably one of the biggest knocks on him or one of the biggest red flags, and I have to think the Thunder did their due diligence, is that in high school, this is a guy that had all the capabilities in the world of being a star, but shied away from the spotlight. And when you shy away from the spotlight, even if you're not the main guy on an NBA team, you're not going to last. So it wasn't just physical ability. It was lack of mental ability that ultimately hurt Perry Jones. Number three. On my list of uh, worst signings by Oklahoma City, I'm going to go Mitch McGarry. And I could have put Mitch McGarry number two, but Mitch McGarry's number three for me because I think Mitch McGarry is ultimately a sad story. A lot of problems with substance abuse, always ending up in the NBA drug program, always ended up in rehab. And I can remember when you put him in late in the year, and God, I really wish like off the top of my head I could remember who they were playing, and I probably should have looked this up, but I'm sort of working on the fly here. I remember Mitch McGarry having one really good game in Oklahoma City, and that led to some people going out and buying their Mitch McGarry jerseys a little bit too early, and then you saw the guy ultimately take a dive. But because he wasn't able to stay on the court and because the drugs seemed to mean a little bit more than what playing did, I... I'm going to put Mitch McGarry at number three. Number two, I put Josh Eustis. I know a lot of people will disagree with that. Uh, but Josh Eustis, during his three years in Oklahoma City, never played a full season, never averaged over single digits, and just was kind of a guy. Um, and he was one of those guys that inexplicably got people fired up. People wanted to see him on the court more than really what he deserved to be on the court. I never saw anything in Josh Eustis' play which made me think ultimately he was going to be a great player for Oklahoma City. And number one, without a doubt, Ronnie Price. You sign him to a two-year deal, and you release him with that two-year deal worth of guaranteed money, and he never played at all in Oklahoma City. 
that is Sam Presti's worth signing. The reason Kyle Singler is not in this list is because Kyle Singler, that first year he was here, which was the 20, what was it, 2014, 2015 year, was the year that Kevin Durant got hurt. That was the Jones fracture year. And of the 26 games that Kyle Singler played, he actually started 18 of them and averaged 17 and a half minutes. It really wasn't that bad. Should you have signed Kyle Singler after that year? Well, the answer to that is no, but hindsight's 2020. But while he was here that first year, he came in and played all right when the Thunder were looking for anything they could possibly get because you had Kevin Durant on the sideline. That was also the year that you saw Sebastian Telfair in uniform. Russell Westbrook was out a while, and Reggie Jackson couldn't pick up the slack. Just ultimately, when you talk about disastrous years for Oklahoma City, none, none more disastrous than that season. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Thank you very much for listening today. Coming up next... How much would Oklahoma City have benefited from signing Tony Allen? We'll discuss right here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. Don't forget this podcast being brought to you by Untuck It. Shirts that look great and are actually meant to untuck. And they fit you. They actually fit you. So if you're a bigger guy like me, well, and you know, by big, I mean maybe you got a few extra pounds around the gut. Untuck It will make you look fantastic. The shirt will be fitted to you. It won't show off that paunch. If you're a guy that's a little bit smaller, you're not going to have to buy a bulky shirt where it, it it blouses on you. No. Fitted, it looks great. It's stylish. Just go to untuckit.com, use the promo code NBA, and get a discount on your first purchase. That's untuckit.com. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Although we're back after a week off. Thank you very much for uh, downloading this podcast. And there was an article today in the Oklahoma, and there was a, a show that Tony Allen was on in Memphis where he said he had an opportunity to play for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and it just didn't happen. He said that's the reason that he played so hard against Oklahoma City is because he was brought in for an interview, and he thought he was going to have an opportunity to come back to Oklahoma where he played college basketball, and ultimately Sam Presti decided to sign Tabo Cephalosha, which isn't exactly true because – Tony Allen wasn't a free agent when the Thunder decided to sign Tabo Cephalosha. So when he signed with Memphis, though, he did use that as motivation to go against Oklahoma City. Timelines being crossed or whatever the scenario was for why Tony Allen didn't end up in Oklahoma City, there isn't any doubt he was a guy that Thunder fans coveted. I knew so many Thunder fans um, during the first year I got here that would tweet all the time, When are the Thunder going to go after Tony Allen? When are they going to make a trade for Tony Allen? 
Tony Allen is exactly what the Thunder need because he gives them their edge. He gives them that lockdown defensive guy that's tough and can shut down somebody's best player. Hey, he gave Kevin Durant hell. I mean, honestly, that logic is not flawed in any way, shape, or form because he did give Kevin Durant hell when he played against him, and he relished the opportunity to play against Kevin Durant. The problem with that line of thinking, though, as as unflawed as I'm saying as it is, is you had that locker room guy, all right? You had that tough guy in Kendrick Perkins, and that never resulted in a championship. You had that lockdown defender in Andre Robertson, who was still with Oklahoma City. And thinking and coveting players that could fit in or will fit in with particular teams is, is all fine and well. And, and I think it makes for great talks, great talk, but sometimes it's just not the reality. And the Thunder had a lot of those players or a lot of those types of players that I think fans would have wanted, um, and particularly the two guys that I just mentioned. But the idea of Tony Allen, because Oklahoma City Thunder fans weren't getting a championship, resonated so well. And because he was a guy that played in Oklahoma, people would have thought, hey, it'll mean that much more to him to come in and win a championship. And because you have that guy and the attitude is rubbing off, then the Thunder are going to be a lot better. I'm fairly safe in in saying this, or at least I feel like I'm fairly safe in saying this. With or without Tony Allen, the results would have been the same for Oklahoma City. They still would have ultimately ended up coming up short, and not because of Tony Allen, but because what I feel at that time was Kevin Durant's lack of a closer mentality. And I think when we look back on it now, and it's, it's, it's a little low-hanging fruit, The conflict between Kevin Durant, the conflict between Russell Westbrook, that was what was going to keep the Oklahoma City Thunder from ever winning a championship. Not that those two guys didn't work well together at times, but there was just enough strife going on where you felt like both guys were unhappy and both guys wanted it to be their team. And even though they did a great job of using Kendrick Perkins as a soundboard and maybe Tony Allen would have come in and be that guy, they were ultimately moving in a direction, both Durant and Westbrook, to establish themselves as the superstars. And when you're establishing yourself as a superstar, even if you want a soundboard, it still has to be your way or the highway in the locker room. You've got to be the guy that controls the mood. And for as good as Tony Allen could have been and for as much of that as he could have provided emotionally, ultimately, eventually Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook were going to have to get there, and it still would have been combustible. I think that's the one thing we can honestly kind of grab and clutch onto as Oklahoma City Thunder fans is that it was a very combustible situation in Oklahoma City. We didn't want to see it at the time. But looking back on it now, I just don't think there's any way this team could have survived with both of them playing together. And I don't think there was any way that Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, all three would have become the players they did had they all stayed on the same team. And while that big three is fun to talk about, too much individual wrapped up in all three of those guys for them to swallow that hard, at least in Oklahoma City. 
which is so weird when you think about Kevin Durant because he was able to be that way in Oklahoma City, but once he got to Golden State, very passive. Well, you say he's very passive. On the outside, he let it seem like it was going to be Steph's team. And everybody at Golden State looked like, you know, looked at it as Steph's team. But ultimately, I think in the back of his mind or in the front of his mind, KD knew he was the best player on that team. And that led to a lot of friction there. Wherever KD goes, there's going to be friction for the exception of Brooklyn. Because I don't think Kyrie Irving, even though he kind of stood up to LeBron, is going to stand up to Kevin Durant when he gets back next year, especially if you don't see the Brooklyn Nets be successful with Kyrie at the helm. If they are, then watch that team because it becomes real interesting. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next, Thunder not playing on Christmas Day. What does that do for the psyche of the fans? We'll discuss here on Locked on Thunder, brought to you by Grip Six Belts. That's grip the number 6com slash L-O-C-K-E. Get a discount on your first purchase. No holes. No flap and great looking belt buckles. It's grip the number six dot com slash L O C K E. This is the Locked On Thunder Podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Eric G. It was announced last week that the Thunder won't be playing on Christmas Day, which for us in the media, hey, we're happy about. We finally get to spend Christmas with our family. We'll gladly take the day off and then get back to the grind on the 26th and be happy about doing that too. So for us, it's a little bit of a break. But for you, the fan, I can understand why this is an annoyance. One, because going down to the Christmas game when it is at home has become an annual tradition for people, and it's a fun tradition. Plus, if you're at the game, that's less time you have to spend with or talk with your family because you can just focus on the game. You might be there with your family, but you can focus on the game and you can talk about Thunder. You don't have to talk about any other drama. If it's on the road or you're watching it on TV, it gives you some something else to focus on than what's going on with the family drama. And it's Thunder basketball. It's not just NBA basketball, but it's your team and it's validation. It says you are relevant to this NBA season. And for the Thunder, I imagine it's probably going to be somewhere around three Christmas days. So three years from now, before we see them put in that primetime slot again on Christmas Day, which is the unofficial beginning of the NBA season for really football fans. But I'm all right with that. I'm all right with the Thunder adjusting and having to prove themselves a worthy opponent, not only throughout the regular season, but in the playoffs in order to garner that attention. And no matter how good Shea Gilgis-Alexander is or Hamadou Diallo or any of these other players that the Thunder have acquired, I I can't see TNT, ABC, or ESPN just beating down the door to put these guys on TV anytime soon. Now, with that in mind, 
One thing I do want to see this year is Billy Donovan experiment with the starting lineup. I want to see him run out as many starting lineups as he can, unless the Thunder are having success and it looks like they may might have an opportunity to get into the playoffs. At that point, find yourself a starting five, continue with your rotations, get it set in stone, and by all means win, but... If you get the feeling that's not going to happen and you're going to trade guys like Danilo Gallinari, which really can't figure out what his role in this organization is going to be past this year or why he would sign with Oklahoma City past this year. But for guys like him and Chris Paul, if you know you're going to get rid of them, then experiment. And of all the starting fives that you have with this roster right now, the one that, the one that was so significant to me or the one that really spoke to me was the youth movement where Shea Gilgis-Alexander was playing the one, Ferguson the two, Robertson the three, which I think you could alternate those two. I mean, shooting guard, small forward, you still need somebody who can shoot. Ferguson's certainly a lot better than that than Andre Robertson. Gallinari was playing the four. Okay, uh, he can still shoot. He can make up for that scoring that Andre's not going to give you, and then Adams is the five. That was the lineup that got me most excited because you had Chris Paul coming off the bench uh, along with Hamadou Diallo, Nerlens Noel, and a couple of other guys, and that's the one that excites me. The other reason I like that is because if you are trying to trade Chris Paul, all I need him to do is show that he can still play, but I want to make sure I limit his minutes so he's healthy and somebody can't balk, and maybe he's worth more to somebody than originally the Thunder thought, and the Thunder can get a better deal, obviously, if Chris Paul's healthy uh, versus if he's playing a lot of minutes and starting to tax his body. But then again, when you play him a lot of minutes, you show that he's in shape. He can still be a starting one. So tough decision for Sam Presti. Hard situation for for Billy Donovan to be in because you've got to respect Sam Presti's wishes And for the Thunder, it's just a matter of what are you trying to accomplish with this year? And I'm not sure the Thunder even know what they're trying to accomplish this season. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Thanks for joining us. We will be back tomorrow. We thank you for your time. And until then, may God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody. Peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.